is not for research. This is an intervention podcast. The goal was to highlight where folks in higher ed, both faculty and professionals, are learning, developing, gaining professional development. We kind of wanted to get a state of higher ed podcasts. So some might be in classroom, like Jeff has an interest probably, and I would say the medical domain has a lot of podcasts for students, but we're probably interested in more the faculty and staff development side of the house. Um, So what's the state of that in literature and think, the literature is low um, for empirical research and then uh, there's lots of like opinion pieces as you know and how and why and get involved on podcasting but the other one was maybe there are more podcasts emerging higher than we think and I, I on each week I hear about a different practitioner or a faculty launching something like this um, so I'm gonna blame Katie Linder for that and then she gave a couple good series on like how to podcast and things like that and then finally we just want to have open ed pieces so something can be shared um like here's links to the podcast of what we have as state of this and that could be attached to some research but we could also do be meta and go podcast about podcasts like maybe genres maybe there's one around student affairs maybe there's one around academic writing maybe there's one on research um or a few or a few on research we want to highlight but that's kind of what we got thought of and i I thank in your pod panel for doing a good job of asking some questions, and you ask them as hosts, but I, we want to ask some listeners about questions, and I know that that's kind of what I left you at. And so um, last podcast, we gave a little rundown of what we found in the literature and what we do about the studies. Yeah, so those were kind of um, what we talked about, and the questions will be in last podcast, soon to be launched, <coughs> Jeff, um, show notes. Uh, but like, those are some questions we are asking a little bit. And that document um, that we're kind of aggregating, I'm, it should be open, and I couldn't check while I was away. Um, but uh, it should be open for people to add content to update and say if it's CC by, non-CC by. That's great. So people are doing that. Awesome. Anonymous people have been working on this. Yeah. So what are your what are all your thoughts on differentiating between podcasts that have happened in the past and podcasts that are still ongoing? Because there's so many that are just dead. They're going to be harder to find, I think. I, and potentially listen to. I have a question around. Should we define podcasts? Like what a podcast is? Because I think the term is just being generally used for audio files. Because I don't. I know medical schools are big on recording lectures and have them on like a canvas side or blackboard side. And they always have them as like podcasts. So sometimes some of the, the literature that that's around um, medical education and the use of podcasts for teaching, it's not necessarily how I think of podcasts per se as 
you know, going to iTunes or Stitcher or whatever. So somewhere should we have, have a definition of what we're looking for or something like more open and something more accessible versus something that's this locked down for a specific class or group or something like that? Well, I think that's a really good question because my my thought on that is I think some of the stuff on iTunes is that. Like if you look at some of the stuff that's like yeah. rated really highly in the higher ed section, it's like, how are these getting so many downloads? Well, it's because it's being used for like a class with hundreds of people and then it's just being broadcast out, you know, every week or whatever. So, I mean, I think that's a really good question and and I would posit or kind of put out there, what if we said, you know, it has to be a produced show? I mean, like we're gonna define it as it's got, maybe it doesn't have intro music or something like that, but it, it has kind of an episode, you know, like it's episodic, it's, it's meant to be, you know, produced in some way that other than just throwing up an audio file like there's there's some kind of um intro outro something so yeah. like the example of, well the example yeah. that jamie had last week i know which one you're talking about is some produced as jeff used and now you're using air quotes that you can't see um arts are using like reading from a script like so there's heavily <laughs> <laughs> Go on, say that not louder noise. Like they're heavily scripted because, Ugh. and this is the thing of transcripts we talked about. And we'll, and we'll, and we'll jump in and ask you a couple questions, Katie, because you've, you've talked about this before. But Jamie, go on, gasp away. <laughs> well, I did gasp, but I will, I mean, that's like a key difference between like yours, Katie, where I feel like um, you probably have some key points, but you're, you're talking in a very natural way. So it feels conversational. And there's one podcast in particular, and in fact, when I was in Scotland, I met some of the people involved with it. And it's re the content, like I read the descriptions, and I just, oh, I really want to listen to this, and it's going to be so good. But then I turn it on, and it's the same reason I really can't connect with audiobooks, because it's very da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And I'm thinking, no, I mean, I could, you know, put my... Uh, screen reader program on my Mac and do that. Um, so yeah, it's frustrating. I, I don't, I wish I kind of just want to tell them like, Hey, if you just made it a bit conversational, your content seems stellar. Hmm. You know, that's interesting. Cause there is a podcast I listened to that rebranded. Um, it was originally the freelancer by Paul Jarvis and he rebranded it to his Sunday dispatches, which is his newsletter that he sends out on a weekly basis. And he reads it. It's basically an audio version of his newsletter, but he is a little bit more performative. It's not so, you know, but the early version of the freelancer was always really fascinating because he'd be like, here's a problem or a question. And this is my response. It's very similar. I kind of modeled the Q&A version of um, you've got this after it because I really like that. OK, let's talk about a very specific example of something. And people email me and they're like, here's my issue. You know, like I don't know what to do about this particular thing. So let's pull it apart. You know, but I think that that's it. I don't know that I would cut those out as like kind of quote unquote podcasts. Like I think they're still podcasts, but they're definitely a different style of what yeah, someone's yeah. comfortable with putting out there. They and, you know, there might be audiences that like that. I don't know. Like I don't prefer them myself, but um, some people probably listen to mine and they're like, who is this person? You know, like, I don't care what your thoughts are on these issues. Like, you know, I'm, I'm sure there are people who are not being retained because of the informality of my show. Um, both my shows that I do on the side are pretty informal. Katie, your, Katie. your FAQ I do with my students. So I've done this for the last few years is like I take email questions and my responses and I, I write them very 
like how I would speak. So I would just so I don't so because you want to include transcripts with which you should as you, when you're teaching online or and offline or use any online files is have a the media so I'd have an audio or a video screencast with the FAQ so I'd show them but I'd have the FAQs already written out which is great because they're questions and I tell my students great questions when I email I save the response and they go into an FAQ from emails from the week and so I read them and show them but they already have the transcripts so I don't have to transcribe so. Well, and I have to say, so I'm designing this course right now on academic book promotion, and I've been designing it for a long time, and I'm finally making some headway on it. And the thing that's actually helped me the most is I am basically reading a script because I need the script to have a video transcript, but the videos are like three to four minutes long. And then there are other components of the course where I am a little bit more informal. But for the actual content delivery, I'm basically reading a script. Now, I've written the script in my voice. You know, I'm, I'm hopefully more tonal than just, you know, a robot. <laughs> but I think that, that there are times when I think it's appropriate. You know, like I think that, and, and in this case, I don't know how many times I would have to re-record this content to get it right and how much editing I would have to do to get it right when I have very specific things I want to say and I have a slide deck that I'm working through. So, I mean, I think that part of it is just kind of what are you trying to do? Podcasting, though, you're not, if unless you're video casting, you're not going through a slide deck. You're not, you know, like lecturing people, hopefully, um, unless you're doing kind of the academic content. But even then, you know, I think students really like the informality part, they, the natural, you know, you should be able to make some mistakes. I like that you want to define podcast as actually produced to be a podcast and not just like a teaching lecture. It sounds like. Um, well, I think like the the original con. I think the original content's key. Like the the content of this podcast was intended to be for this podcast, not a replication of something. Like it was intended to go on to a podcast or something like that, teaching. And then Katie's other question was around um, archived podcasts. So we talked about a couple archived, at least I know in student affairs, um, because they just are, sometimes there's a wealth of good stuff in them. Um, and the reason why they stopped, I think more than not, um, I, I can suspect by knowing the people who've produced them are uh, changes in jobs. It's a change in institution and institutional support or culture of support has come up a couple times in conversations and interviews. And then also, um, resources. So uh, they're not often sponsored. Uh, if they are, sponsorship is like, you can do it and we'll put it on the website instead of like fiscals or like other. Yeah. I'm also curious about the people who've stopped what their download rates are. Like, are people still finding them and listening? Like, cause, or does it just like go into a black hole of internet nothingness where nobody ever finds you and it's not a resource that's useful? Because I think your point, Laura, is really a good one. It, there's really good stuff out there for free, but you have to find it. And mm -hmm. if it's no, if they're no longer actively putting it out on social media or like telling people that it's there, or you know, if you're not actively producing content, it's hard for people to find the old stuff. So that's my question is like, what happens to it? Hey, Jeff, do you have that answer? Because we had like 273 podcast episodes that we, we <laughs> had produced. So it's no longer on um, iTunes. I mean, it was up until we started this new podcast. And then it, when we changed the feed, it, it took everything away. But it's also archived on Blog Talk Radio. I was surprised how many people kept listening to it long after we stopped doing it. Because we, mm -hmm. we have like a four, is it four year? Three. Hiatus? 
Oh, uh, yeah. So we stopped in 2013. Yeah. yeah. So about four so years. Like, so we stopped. So we, I guess we did it for four years and then we stopped for four years or whatever that was. So there were a, there was a lot there. And I was surprised because when you do like technology podcasts, like your iPhone, it can become like really irrelevant after a short time period because you're talking about whatever thing is at the time. And I was surprised that people were still listening to them. How did people respond when you shut it down? Did you officially shut it down or just stop recording? No, I like I did a blog post saying like we're pulling the plug. Um, it was there was tears. There was. Yeah, I mean, it was such a bit of a tragedy had, on the internets. No, I don't know. We had slowed. We had slowed down. So I don't think people were surprised because it was hard to keep up the same rate as it was. Then we went like a couple weeks without recording anything, and then it, eventually it was. Uh, we we did a, a posting. I mean, I say people were sad for a day and they got over it quickly. Like, I don't think I don't think it, it. And to say sad is probably giving us too much credit. People so, people commented <laughs> people commented on it for a day and then they probably moved on. So I have another question I want to throw out to pose. Um, I think one of the challenges for people who have podcast in higher ed for academics or for people who are in higher ed is that the people who are in higher ed are like highly educated people who are already listening to NPR and like all these other shows. So on the one, on the one hand, it like helps you because they usually know what podcasts are and things like that. But they're seeking out a lot of other information for their own development in other ways. And whether that's like, you know, hobby stuff that they're interested in. So I feel like there's like competition in that way that people are more likely to want to pursue podcasts that are just like interesting to them. And I don't know if that's true more than the general public, um, but that's a question I'd be really interested in is like how many academics are actually listening to podcasts outside of higher ed podcasts? They're, they're you know, actively listening to other kinds of shows. Jamie, you talked about that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, and I can sort of provide two different perspectives. Um, my own as being a consumer of podcasts. I mean, what motivated me to sort of invest in this world of podcasts as a, a listener has been, well, mostly because I had quite a commute to LA, but, um, but also because I found myself wanting to um, really just, hear other people's perspectives on things that are more application based, I guess you could say, as opposed to the research articles I am looking at for my um, classes and um, what works for you, you know, that I can actually put into action because I found that if I go to workshops offered by campuses, you know, you, you invest your time to get there, which is, you know, specified by the campus and, um, sometimes the description matches what the content um, is actually delivered, and sometimes it doesn't. And then you certainly feel disrespectful if you leave, you know, so you stay. And sometimes, you know, you can sit through an entire hour-long workshop to be respectful and feel like, I really could have just delivered that. Whereas for podcasting, what I've really appreciated, because I listen to, I'm sort of a hybrid, so I listen to student affairs ones and teaching ones, um, I've just appreciated that I can listen to 10 minutes of a podcast and feel like, you know, this, I'm not really getting that much else uh, and then getting much out of it. And then I can turn on to the next one. Um, and so when I sort of articulate that to 
the, the academic um, world. I actually don't think a lot of my colleagues, um, uh, the two institutions I've been pretty connected with, I don't even think that they're really fully aware of the podcasts that are available. Um, and I, and I, that's actually kind of why I entered into this world of wanting to learn more about podcasts, which I told Jeff this in our last time. It's just like, I actually just was like, Hey, Laura, would you like to partner with me on writing some blogs about podcasts? Because I think we should tell the world what's out there in a way that's consumable and that they'll read and then they'll want to listen because I think it's a great way to develop as a professional and faculty member. And then she's like, Oh, let's do research on it. So um, that's, that's actually, that's kind of the path that land. And I should have known, right? I mean, she's a researcher. So she was like, yeah, that's cool. Blog post, but let's also do research. 